Hello and welcome to another Barely Adequate Football Podcast. I think you'll probably notice it, it, it's me again. It's Reese, not Ian. Um, I am here with Dennis and Vaisa. Hello, gents. How are we doing? Ah, all good. All good. All good, thanks. Perfect. We're only missing Ian just for one more week. I think he's just moving property. So he's just got no internet at the moment. I think he's a bit busy tonight. So we can do without him, I suppose, I suppose gents. Um, I don't know if you want to get straight into the meat and veg. I mean, we have got European football tonight, but I, I know there was a lot of games on the weekend we probably want to get into. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you want to start with uh, Vaisa, if possible. Oh, that's perfectly fine. I'm I'm happy to talk about our match against Brighton. Well, yeah, let's go for them, mate. Um, how did you feel about it? I mean, um, I... I was always certain that we were going to win that match. Um, in the, uh, like, I think we started out really well. Then Brighton grew into it. They created a couple of chances. Vicario does what Vicario does. He saves our high behind, and um, like even when they went ahead, and like I'm at home watching on a stream. And the stream cut off so that I missed the penalty. Uh, I've obviously seen it afterwards. But uh, even with the chances that Brighton were creating, and we, were, we weren't playing our best in the first half, we've also had, um, like, I, I heard somewhere else that, um, I think it might have been an athletic podcast that I, I'm listening, following. Um, I think I heard that uh, we only had 52% uh, possession, which I think is the lowest that we've had at home all season. So, uh, but still, even as they went ahead, the match followed. At halftime, I was actually so sure about it. I did place a bet on Spurs to uh, uh, win this match and well I had placed a bet before the match as well but obviously at halftime much better odds and we came through and I think we controlled that second half um, Brighton did have a chance uh, but yeah I mean in general uh There's certain things that that obviously Ange needs to needs to iron out about this team. Like what, for example, how do we change our system when somebody is pressing man to man, like Brighton, where with uh, both Madison and Bentancur, and which did actually worked really well for them. I, it was a very good tactic from them. And it did largely uh, nullify us. So, but, so those things need to be worked on. But in general, I am so happy with the Ange ball. And like recently, we were criticised when uh, Everton equalised us against us. No, sorry, got the winner against us. Wait, was that a winner or an equaliser? Uh, I can't remember right now. Sorry. No, no, can I? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> anyway, they got a they got a late goal against us, which caused us points. Mm. Uh, I think it so, was two two. 
Yeah, I think it was an equalizer. And and then uh, the way Tottenham plays gets criticized heavily in the media and all the pundits are against it. I'm bloody loving this. And I also was listening to a, a, some other Tottenham podcast today and they mentioned that uh, we, I think we've dropped... Well, anyway, the number of points that we've gained by scoring goals in added time versus the number of points that we have lost in the same, uh, we have gained so much more points than we have lost. So the balance is going our way. And if that's the price, if if I can never be comfortable ever watching a Spurs match, as long as I'm watching this, I'm happy. I mean, fourth place at the moment. It's really not a, a really not a bad looking in the table, is it? With Liverpool, top Man City, then Arsenal, then yourselves. You're above, obviously, the likes of Villa, Man United, Newcastle, West Ham, and obviously Brighton, who you beat. And is that where you expect to finish, mate? About fourth place. I mean, Champions um, League at the beginning of the season was probably a bit for me, anyway. It's probably a stretch too far for you, but no. I mean, with I mean, with the sides around you, the form that they're going into, you're looking quite good. Uh, yes. So, in the beginning of the season, I I had zero expectations to what was going to happen because Postecoglou was a completely sort of... It was just an unknown to me. It's not like I've watched Rangers. Sorry, Celtic. Wait, which one is it? Yeah, Celtic manager. So, I haven't watched him. So, he came... At, for him to become a manager was a, a, a massive surprise for me. I, it was never even on my radar. But I could not be happier with the choice that we have. Yeah, that that, that doesn't sound like what you were saying when you appointed him. I thought you were you were talking about how shit the Spurs board were for appointing him and picking another loser manager or something. Uh, I, I think those were some, along your words, anyway. <laughs> I, I really hope you have this text as evidence because I do not recall saying this. It's typically you recall. recall. That this is something that I have, like, I don't have expectations for the season. But obviously, right now, as, like, as well as he has started, uh, I'd, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't finish top four at the end of the season. And also, uh, for some reason, Aston Villa are still in the title race, but Tottenham aren't, which I find somehow... I've got to be honest, like, mate. I don't know who you're listening to the sound that Villa are in the title race. I, I definitely don't think they are. I mean, they're, they're like nearly like no. 14 points off it, not 13 points off yeah, it. Yeah, they've lost three home games in a row. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Th I think they're definitely not in the title race, but neither do I really think Tottenham are. I mean... You're only sort of four points, five, six points off Arsenal, but I don't think you're in that conversation to win it. As I said, I think you'll be doing really well to finish fourth, and that'll be unbelievable well, I mean, with the all the sides chomping at the bit to get there. Do you know what I mean? Um, like the thing is, I think everybody is in the title race as long as it's mathematically possible. I don't like. I don't get this. This who's in the title? Like ah. Uh, well, the all the top four still have to meet each other. And who has the 
best chance of with like right now Liverpool must be the favorite because they are on top. Yeah, and I would probably agree. I would probably agree. Well, City have a game in hand. Yeah, they're, they're, they're favourites to some people. I'd still say Man City are favourites, in my opinion. Will, um, will City go past you? Hang on, you're just two points off two City. Two points ahead. So if they win their game in hand, they're a point ahead. But we still have to play them at Anfield. All right. Oh, that's going to be a fun podcast before that <laughs> and afterwards. Yeah. One way or another. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, Dennis, I don't know if you want to move over to yourself. I mean, Liverpool this week, um, a little bit better than, than it than it was. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a great performance. You weren't a it sad. Wasn't a... No, I mean, we, we got the results. I mean, 99 out of 100 times, I think we, we would probably get the result. Or, but, of course, we could draw as well, knowing our... Uh, uh, yeah, Vesa, sorry, you wanted to say something? Um, I sort of feel like... Did, did we ever mention the... The, the winning goal that Tottenham got on the 96th minute, like that incredible build-up from Madison to Richarlison to Son to Johnson. Somebody else actually made that joke already, and it's not a great joke, but made me giggle. Is Son, 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 Son. Hmm. And goal. And, and Dennis uh, Carroll, mate, where were you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we didn't play very well, but we didn't need to play that well. Uh, but I have to say, we have to also, if Burnley had taken the chance and Kelleher not, hadn't been on top of his game, it could have easily been a completely different result as well. Uh, they had really good chances, like three, four goal-scoring chances that, you know... You did have uh, plenty, plenty of the ball, though. I mean, 71% of the ball, Dan, had 25 shots in the game. I mean, it's becoming an unusual thing now seeing sort of regular different goal scorers. You haven't just got one goal threat. I mean, Nunes, Diaz, Jota all getting on the score sheet. Seems a regular occurrence now that you're having different yeah, players and, score the goals at the, you know, the other end of the pitch. Yeah, that's that's obviously great. And uh, But it's the same phenomenon this season. Like, second half, we up our game. Uh, we, we're kind of like in first, second gear during the first half. Uh, and this, I mean, we we're bound to be better in the second half, but uh, it was mainly thanks to Elliot replacing Trent, who, who went off injured. Uh, I thought he he had two assists, and he yeah he looked lively and was fighting all, uh, for the ball everywhere. So, how did the how did the big lad from Chelsea get on, Dennis, against you? You know, uh, Fafana. I know Ian was keen on his performance a couple of weeks ago, getting a brace. How did he get on against you? Uh, no, I mean he didn't shine out. He had a uh, one two uh, good moments. Uh, but nothing really came out of them. I mean, that uh, first half, even though we weren't good, uh, we did control the game until the last minute when they got the corner and scored an amazing header from uh, you know near the penalty box, just inside uh, top corner. You know, it was unstoppable. Uh, but I thought I was happy that actually they scored before halftime rather than just after halftime. So Klopp, you know, had time to really. Yeah, give them a bit of a... You know, the sort of bit, games you've got to win, aren't yeah. you, if you're going to go on to win this title? Absolutely. Sort of I think I thought if, if we didn't win uh, the, over the weekend, I thought title race was would have definitely been completely out of our hands. You really think, even with, as I mentioned to even with the points, and I say it's tight up there. There's not many points separating you all. Well, we have, I think it's is it 13 games or is it 15 games left? Uh, uh, well, at the moment, all sides in the Premier League have... Well, I say all sides because it's not all sides, is it? But uh, most sides have played 24. 
Uh, Man City have obviously played 23. There's a couple of, uh, there's about three or four on 23. So, yeah, you, you, yeah, you 14, 38 games. games. Slightly so, different to Germany. We only played 34, I think. So I, I'd say that we need to win everything except bar one, maybe. And that, 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 the, that would, if we beat Man City, then we can lose one or draw two, uh, something like that. It's going to be, you know, I mean, Man City, this is the, everybody knows that from January onwards, Man City are on sub machine. And They're a juggernaut. We have to keep up. We just can't afford to drop any points, uh, especially against lower teams. I mean, I don't know where you, I don't know where you feel. Um, obviously, I wanted to touch not just on our team. I wanted to touch on obviously the other teams. I don't know where you feel about Villa's drop a little bit. We did mention it a bit earlier. They have had a slight fall off. You know that imperious home record that lasted for quite a lot this season seems to have lately fallen by the wayside. I mean, Manchester United really weren't the better side against Villa. They really weren't. Um, Villa were far better. Uh, just didn't get the job done. Do you feel like this is just a blip through, Naomi? I mean, they are really in high ground at the moment, aren't they? Only one point off. Uh, I, th- I think it's a blip. I think they'll probably still scrape fifth. And I read the other day that at the moment, as things stands around the leagues, uh, there's a 77% chance that England uh, will have the fifth spot, uh, one of the fifth spots for Champions League. So, so if they get that, there is potential. Yeah, so if they get that, there is yeah. potential to still get Champions League. Uh, but I, I've been disappointed. Uh, I watched the last two games Villa played. Uh, I think I've been a bit disappointed with the team and MRI. I think uh, only McGinn is really performing at the moment. Uh, I was really surprised that Bailey uh, and Ramsey have been left out of starting 11 a few times, and they've looked very sharp. I mean, Bailey looked really good when he came off, came on, or was it Ramsey? I can't remember right now. But uh, yeah, I think he's mixed a little bit too much uh, for this stage of the season when they don't have too many other uh, comp- cup competitions going, uh, which are just about to start because they're still in Europe. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's a bad time to lose form. Yeah, it's not the best time to form, but he's a good manager, isn't he? I mean, to be honest, he's probably one of the best managers in the league. I mean, if even if you you take out um, just the fact that he's won all the you know all, all the European trophies, I mean, he has managed Arsenal, remember, at uh, this level. He has managed Villarreal to a European Cup semi final, and those are two things not to be known. And of course, don't forget yeah. what he did with Seville three on the bounce. So I I don't think he did himself any his reputation any favors when he was at Arsenal or at PSG, but obviously PSG is a Completely different. Well, the PSG thing. job, he, he has the most. I, I, I still think this is correct. He has the most win percentage of any PSG manager. He was the most successful points per game of any PSG manager. Uh, it was just that Champions League. Champions wasn't League. It? I, mean, I, I mean, that's that's the stumbling block. I mean, everybody expects them to win the league every year. Uh, yeah, but it's a Champions League. That's the yeah, that's the big one. Regret. You got to remember, Emery was there. You're talking when Zlatan, Cavani, Lavezzi. It was that first sort of wave of. Paris Saint-Germain signings. He never got his hands on the Mbappes and the, the Neymars and, and, and such. As, as far as I'm aware, he might have. I could be wrong there. He might have. I'm yeah, I, I think when it comes to PSG, I think uh, had they been able to had they been able to keep a hold of Ancelotti, I think they would have they would have maybe been in another final or two. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think they were ever going to keep old Ancelotti at the time, was it? I think he was just, it was a sort of a stepping stone move for him. I think, did he get to Real Madrid again? The first time, I should say. I think it was just sort of, right, we'll get a PSG, it's a big name, big job, let's give it a go. At this stage of the the rebuild as well, it was quite handy for them. And then I think as soon as Real Madrid came calling, that was it, wasn't it? He was off. Yeah, uh, and obviously all the talk 
right now is about Mbappe, where he's going to go. And, you know, I, I just want him to just sign for it on Madrid or sign again for PSG for a year or two. And just, I'm, I'm kind of bored of having this conversation. He's got to be Real Madrid. I mean, come, I mean, we're at the point now where he's, he's won everything in, in France. He, in my opinion, he's never going to win the Ballon d'Or in France unless he wins everything. Yeah, that means he's sort of got to go. Unless they win the Champions ball. League, he's not going to win it in France. Yeah, and then again... Apparently, uh, apparently Mbappe's uh, agent is also his mom. So a Liverpool fan. It, it seems like it's a similar situation as... Um, what's the French midfielder? Anelka? You mean Anelka years ago when in his brothers were his agents? No, no, no. The one that's playing in right now in Juventus that has been gets linked every summer with everybody. Arabia. Yes, that's one. That's the one. So like the the some of the headlines that I've read, I I have I I'm not that bothered with transfer gossip. And like I don't it's not something that I I sort of pay too much attention to. I, I do read the column, but I don't go beyond the headlines when it comes to transfer gossip. To be honest, I I think it is more than gossip. I think he is going to be at Real Madrid. I think he's probably one of the worst kept secrets yeah. in football, to be I mean, honest. I mean, this has been going on for a long time now. feels like it's been coming I mean, for like four or five years. Yeah. It seems like he has two choices. It's either Real Madrid or he's going to re-sign for PSG. So, who cares? Well, well, back to just quickly back to Liverpool. Uh, I do want to. I mean, I, mean uh, I think obviously the Klopp situation is the most important thing right now. We don't have a, and our sporting director is going to leave at the end of uh, February, I think. Well, I didn't know if you saw Dennis. I mean, I don't know how concrete these rumors are, but I think that there was, there was talk of Klopp. Um, obviously, obviously him second down, but obviously the Alonso talking coming in, he might not want to leave till. Uh, 2025, which would obviously be the following season, that would obviously leave you guys in a bit of bother then, because it means what do you do? Yeah. Do you go into him and stick with someone for a season, or do you just say, okay, he's not available, yeah. uh, we have to get the, the best available right now? I mean, that's... It looked all roses, didn't it? It looked all fantastic with Pop walking out and Alonso potentially being there to do it, but the job that he's done, I mean, that 3-0 performance against Bayern, we haven't touched on it, we will do later, that 3-0 performance against Bayern Munich, to really see them off. I mean, that is that is really, you know, unfortunately for Harry Kane, it seems like those title, those <laughs> titles that are slipping away once again, uh, the aspirations to get one, because I think Bayer Leverkusen are certainly going to win. I'm cheering them on now. I want them to I, I'm, I'm cheering for them as well. I actually watched the game, but like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll dwell on that a bit later. Uh, but, I mean, the, right now, we need to actually be, um, I, I hope we're taking some action because we need to plan for the summer, for next year. Uh, you know, keeping players, signing players, sporting directors still not signed. Uh, we don't know what's happening with a manager. Maybe it's Alonso. Maybe he wants to stay another year, and we won't be able to wait another year. Obviously, without him, well, unless, that's what I'm saying. You, unless you, you we point Linders for a year and give him a give him a chance. I certainly wouldn't want to be waiting another year, um, as, as, especially when you've got. Well, not just that, especially with the way that football works. I always say this. I said to Ian at the beginning of the season, you might not have heard this, Dan. Uh, certainly people will have. The, the football, at the end of the day, is just the job. The, the striker role for Chelsea is just like a high-profile job in business, in banking, in software development, whatever it is. It's just a high-ranking job. And I, I think the, in, if the Liverpool job is available this summer, it, 
as you mentioned, most likely won't be available next summer. And if not next summer, maybe not the summer after or the summer after. You might get a chance after that, but where's your career going to be? That's how it moves in football. So you've sort of got to strike while that iron's hot and grab them while you can. Um, I always think as well with young managers, even with Alonso. I mean, I heard this morning on... Um, uh, said this morning, sorry, this afternoon on the coverage for the UEFA uh, Champions League, that Alonso's plan was if it wasn't going to work out with Leverkusen, because he did go in midway through a season, if it wasn't going to work, he was going to go back to Sociedad and go back to U-team coaching. So it, this is really like almost instant success. Now, is it the instant success of Guardiola and he can carry it on? Or is it one of these where it's like, right, he's had a really good start to his career, but where's he actually going to level out, if you know what I mean? You know, yeah. like, I'm not saying Lampard, because he has done a lot better than Frank would have ever done, do you know what I mean? But um, that sort of thing where you've got that sort of quality and, and want to move forward. Dan? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. But uh, if you look at the uh, the last player players who successfully became managers, like what right now Alonso is doing, uh, Guardiola, Zidane, yeah. uh, and there are a few more. They were all coaches of the youth side, the B-sides. Uh, and they weren't, they were kind of uh, fast-tracked to the first team. They all seem they to be, Dennis, I don't know if you agree, but they all seem to be defensive. Like, I'm going to name you some more managers. You go with players like Zagallo, you go with players like Beckenbauer, you go with players like Ancelotti. Um, you know, these are, uh, and then if you want to come now, you've got Guardiola, you've got Cruyff. These are all central midfield players. If not, I mean, Cruyff and Zidane may be a little bit further forward, more centrally, more attacking. But most of these lads are deep-line playmakers that play at the bottom. I mean, Pirlo's another one. No, he's yeah. maybe not a world-class manager, but still a decent manager. These lads that play at the base of midfield that can tend to see things. Exactly. They see the whole, they, from the middle, you see the most of the game. You know, I see Fabregas, he's coming up at Como, and I really think in the next few years... We'll be talking about him doing such a successful job at some club somewhere because I think he's got that same sort of ground in that Guardiola and even Xavi. I mean, I know. Yeah, he's, I mean, Xavi he's... was supposed to be the next Guardiola. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's not going great he, for he's him. Still, he still, he still could be. Obviously, not going to be Guardiola, but he still could reach like really high levels. He hasn't done a bad yeah, job but... per se. In in this case, and I think Xavi is possibly a better manager then what his performances are because so many things are just going wrong. And well, he's leaving at the end of the season. I don't know if you both are aware of that. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, I, mean, so, I, I think that there, uh, I think Barcelona will relax a little bit and get get that third, second, third spot. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, don't get me wrong, he really did turn them around. He won them a league title, but I think what he's been saying is, is very much what Pep Guardiola has said fairly recently. I think Xavi said that there isn't a job like Barcelona in the world. The pressure that you're under here and and, and the constant hounding yeah. of the pressure and, of the league. But Guardiola said himself, he says, in England here, it's a doddle compared to Barcelona. The job yeah. in, in Man City is not the same as Barcelona. He said the job at Barcelona is much more high-intensity pressure. It's much more they're on your case. Yeah, I mean, they have they have reporters and fans watching the trainings, you know, uh, it's it's much more intense, of course, and especially if you're a local product like Guardiola and Xavi were, the pressure is even more immense. They're much more, you know, they have that whole Catalan versus Basque kind of mentality, uh, you know, independence from Spain or whatever. I mean, Guardiola was rooting for Barcelona independence. He was one of the uh, yeah, front front speakers. Was. I mean, it's been 10 years now, lads, since we've seen a proper 
proper, I mean, my opinion, what was a proper Barcelona team, I mean, they last won the treble, I think it was, and the last time they won the European Cup, certainly the last time they had a proper sniff of it was 2015, I want to say, with, yeah, with Enrique. With Enrique. Enrique, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's the last one I can remember. Um, again, Enrique, another deep line sort of midfielder. I mean, there were. I mean, it was a two years in a row. They went first out to Roma and then to Liverpool uh, after. Oh no, they are, I, I think they're more than that. I think they're maybe four years where they I mean, in Paris Saint Germain. I think did they stump them as well? Uh, yes. Um, yes. I remember uh, they had maybe three years where they got absolutely battered in three. Yeah, I mean, they, three goes in a row. Yeah, but. Uh, the first of those games, they 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 were all set to qualify. Uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I mean, I watched I the Anfield. Obviously, I watched uh, when we played at Nou Camp, and we lost three uh, zero. But we played really well that game. It was we, and I I really thought actually we do still have a chance in this, as long as we don't concede uh, at Anfield. Well, as I say, it's been a long time since we've seen a proper Barca team, and I mean, I really did think that if anyone was going to bring it back, Xavi has that sort of. Um, that's yeah, I knows. thought so too. Do you know what I mean? Like he's got that. He's been there. He's done it. A bit like uh, Cruyff and a bit like Guardiola did. But no, he seemed to, and he hasn't failed under the pressure. I just think that unfortunately, Real Madrid, especially when you look, when you look across to Real Madrid and you see Bellingham and Vinicius and Rodrigo and now Mbappe, and you you look at Barcelona and you're like, oh god, we haven't got you know anyone even close to that ability. I mean, Rafinha and and I like Lewandowski, but he's 37, 38 now. Um, and you look and you think, oh, God, we're, we're miles off here. And they can't spend the yeah, money. Yeah. They can't even catch up, can they? Because they've already spent the previous 10 years spending 60s, 70s, hundreds and hundreds on bang average players that have now let go for pretty much pennies. But, so, yeah, it's, it's the recruitment that's part of it. Spend, but also at the same time, because um, this is well brought to my attention elsewhere, but Real Madrid's team is actually really youthful. And really talented. Um, it, I would love to see Girona win the ti- La Liga title this season, but it seems like Real Madrid are going to dominate Spanish football for uh, for the next decade. Well, I think uh, here's a stat for you about Bellingham. Bellingham's got 20 goals this season, uh, and he's got it in 29 games. It took David Beckham well over 130 games to get the same goal return. So I think just that sort of shows the sort of player that, that England, I know both of you aren't English, but the, the sort of player that England have got on their hands. I mean, a serious, serious match winner. And, and you mentioned the Hirona game. Uh, he scored two goals in that. I think either side of an injury. I think he went down either side of an injury and scored both the goals. Uh, so honestly, top class. Dennis? Yeah, I mean, I think the difference between uh, Madrid and uh, Barca, I mean, Madrid, they signed Vinicius when he was 17 for like, uh, 50 odd million or something. And, yeah. And he wasn't the finished product by in anything like he is now. I mean, he was, his play and dribbling was amazing, but his end product wasn't there at all. His shooting was awful. His passing at the end was pretty awful. But the difference is that they could afford to spend 50 million on a 17 year old and have him acclimatize himself to, into the team over the next years because they had 15, 16, 20 other world class players and they were winning everything. Uh, while Barcelona are forced to some bad buys, some bad choices, but they're forced to uh, bring team uh, players from the youth a lot more, and they have to start playing and they have to start performing straight away. I think when you look at Barcelona, especially from their youth side of things, I mean they've got a really good track record, especially recently. 
Guys like Fatty, I mean, yeah, uh, Yamal Lassin, I, th- I think that's his name. I always get it wrong. The, the very young kid that they've got who's just yeah. fantastic. Superstars, but they're yeah, 16, but- 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah, but this is not the same as the old, like, uh, is it? Uh, the, the old Barcelona Academy used to bring in homegrown players to ready to be the, in the first team. Ansu Fati is on loan at Brighton. Well, yeah, but yeah, Yamal Lassin is, is, is probably the, the best player under the age of 18 in, in the world. I think he's a match winner already for Barca. But the difference is now that Barcelona players coming from the youth team are expected to uh, carry the team already. Uh, the first, yeah, yeah, they uh, are, the yeah. first team and carry the team. Yeah, he's their best player, probably, to be honest, on any given day. He's their best player. I mean, what I'll do, lads, I don't know if it's, it's time for, for a break now. What we'll do is, because I do really want to touch on, I know you watched the game, down in German football. There is quite a bit of news to talk about in regards to German football in terms of uh, players coming in, uh, managers potentially going out, managers coming in. And obviously, movement at the top of the table. So I think it is definitely worth coming back on to. I don't know if it's worth having a quick 10 minute break and coming back then, lads. Yeah, yeah, let's have a break. Uh, there's also, I know I had a question regarding something that one of you said. And oh, okay. We'll definitely make sure we'll come back to it, it. I hope in the second half. We'll have a, obviously, we'll have a, a minute chat before we kick off anyway. So uh, 